the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Tom Muller, and this is Colorado Issues, and it's been a while since we looked at Imagine 2020 and the Denver Arts and Venues, and so I'm real happy to introduce Ginger White Brunetti once again, who is Deputy Director at Denver Arts and Venues. Thanks so much, Ginger, for being with us. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. We did talk to you early on in Imagine 2020. Uh, and we want to get kind of a progress report now that we're looking at, uh, I almost said 1918, 2018. <laughs> well, you're not alone when it comes to time warps. Uh-huh. You're, you're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Uh, and imagine 2020 has a target of 2020, the All year right. 2020. Uh, so we're a couple of years away. Bring us up to date, first of all, in terms of what is Denver Arts and Venue. And so we'll look at the overall thing, and then we'll zero in to Imagine 2020. Perfect. Happy to do that. So Denver Arts and Venues is a city agency of the city and county of Denver. So of the many things that we do, uh, we manage Red Rocks Amphitheater and the uh Denver Coliseum out around I-70. Uh, we also manage the Performing Arts Complex, the McNichols Building and Civic Center Park, and the Colorado Convention Center. So that's the venue side of our business, mm-hmm. if you will. And then as far as the arts goes, um, that includes our public art program. We have about 400 pieces in our public art collection. So that's conserving, maintaining, and commissioning new works on, on behalf of the city of Denver. And then we have many cultural programs that we offer um, residents and uh, visitors of the city. So that's everything from Five Points Jazz Festival in May to our Youth One Book One Denver program in in July. So it's a real fascinating portfolio, pretty dynamic portfolio when you think about everything from iconic venues down to small neighborhood-based programs. And as you give that kind of overview, how does Denver shape up with other major cities? Because, I mean, it, it just seems like uh, this flowers more than what I know of other major cities, at least. Well, I definitely think you're right, Tom. Uh, when we think about uh, our um, competitors, if you will, in this cultural space, I think uh, Denver punches above its weight class. In part because of the scientific, uh, because of the scientific and cultural facilities district, which mm-hmm. really helps to fund many of our major cultural institutions and also some of the smaller ones around um, the seven county metro area. But also because of what Arts and Venues does, I think, to really uh, magnify and elevate cultural uh, programs and really the, the cultural life of our city um, in a way that's somewhat unique when you look at other major markets. You know, it's interesting as you're saying that, I, I think back to uh, the old, I mean, the old west, central city, and the s- center of that is the opera house. Right, right. Well, and that's, and that's, I think, um, you know, one of the things that uh, Mayor Hancock likes to say oftentimes is, is our cultural uh, landscape is what really helps to make Denver feel more like a global city than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, when you pair uh, arts and culture with uh, something like the airport, it's a pretty dynamic, uh, 
way in which we can talk about our city. So uh, imagine 2020 <laughs> is a part of your work at Denver Arts and Venues. Give us sort of a history on that, going back to, when was that, 20? Uh, it was, we launched it in 2014. 14, yes, yeah. Yes, but, but, you know, as you, as you can imagine, it was a long pr- planning process to get to that point. So, um, one of the things that Mayor Hancock asked us to do as an agency is to really think about what is our role as a city in, uh, elevating arts and culture and creativity in the city and county of Denver. And so rather than arts and venues answering that question based on what we thought, we went out to the community and did a cultural planning process. And many, city, many cities have cultural plans. Um, Denver hasn't had one since in 20, since 25 years. Um, I think 1989 it was, was the last time we did a cultural plan. So, so it was time and, um, and it was a really robust planning process to, to ask the community, what do they see for arts, culture, and creativity, um, in our city? And so, uh, through the course of that planning effort, we had about 5,000 people who participated in some way, shape, or form in telling us what what they thought, um, we developed the cultural plan. And um, as you, as I mentioned, and as you know, it was launched in 2014. And, and over that time, we've been really thinking about what does it mean to implement a citywide cultural plan? Because um, that's very different than just, you know, creating a document. Mm-hmm. How do you create a plan that is really alive and doesn't just sit on a shelf? Um, and so we've spent a lot of time thinking about what that is and and testing some things and also creating new programs for the community that really hope to um, make the cultural plan alive and well. You know, as you mentioned, something just sitting on the shelf, I think uh, a, a big difference uh, between the way you did it and the way uh, many people do things. They kind of sit isolated in their rooms uh, talking to each other. Mm-hmm. In basically an echo chamber and then uh, putting something together that might really look good from one vantage point, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's done apart from people that you really need to make it work. And then it becomes, in a, in a way, foisted upon the community saying, we have a really good idea and we want you to buy into it. Right, and we were doing our our very best to avoid that. Uh-huh. Uh, so when the mayor asked us to to create this cultural plan, he told us to get out to the nooks and crannies of the community and unusual suspects, mm-hmm. and that's really been our mantra uh, from that moment forward. In really thinking about how do we um, solicit feedback and input from from the broad, the you know the furthest corners of the city and county of Denver, mm-hmm. to also making sure that. Um, those same communities feel like Imagine 2020 is doing something for them um, and with them, uh, more importantly. Yeah. So um, so the, the cultural plan is based on seven vision elements. And so it's everything from that arts are integrated into daily life, which is something that we heard pretty loud and clear from the community, um, to, to other things like uh, that the creative community can thrive in the city of Denver. And then um, in, in sort of... Of the seven, the last one, vision element number seven, is um, around collective leadership. So really looking inward as a creative sector and how do we work together to advance the field and make sure that, um, again, we're, we're working um, 
together and collectively to ensure that arts, culture, and creativity continue to be an important part of our city's brand and our city's story. And, you know, to your question about um, how other cities have, how we compare to other cities, mm-hmm. several cities have called us and asked, how did you do your cultural plan? Uh, you know, we're again, we're not alone. There are many mm-hmm. cities that have cultural plans, but uh, over time, this has become an important thing that most cities have done and are continuing to do. Uh, the most recent one was New York City, and I had several conversations with their Department of Cultural Affairs talking about their, their cultural plan because they were curious how Denver did it, mm-hmm. um, which was really gratifying yeah. to hear that, you know, uh, a major city like that is looking to Denver mm-hmm. um, for, uh, you know, best practices. Uh, and so what's been interesting in that and I often talk to my colleagues around the country around this, is we spend a lot of time um, as, you know, to your point earlier, as as administrators, as arts administrators, thinking about what makes the best cultural plan and how do we do a cultural plan. We don't spend a lot of time as a sector, I don't think, saying, okay, now you have a cultural plan. Now what? And um, and I wouldn't say I would say that, you know, Denver was still we were still trying to figure that out to some degree mm-hmm. because you have to still be responsive. It's a plan. Um, it's a, a roadmap or a blueprint. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be, you know, in tune with your community to know, oh, that idea was a great idea in 2014 in 2018. Maybe that doesn't resonate or it's not as relevant anymore. Uh-huh. So that's that's the important thing that we're learning is how do you um, implement a cultural plan um, so it doesn't sit on a shelf mm-hmm. and that it uh, that it re- stay, stays responsive and relative, relevant to the community. Uh, since this came out of the community right. uh, in 2014 and you put it together as professionals mm-hmm. with people who are uh, uh, obviously uh, – uh, creative mm-hmm. and uh, know exactly what their needs are. Obviously, you have from the get-go uh, all it takes to stay in touch because you're working, you're working together and implementing it. Well, we are, and, and I give a lot of credit to our Denver Commission on Cultural Affairs. This is a group of about 24 people that are appointed by the mayor that are that it, that are. Uh, charged with being what we call stewards and trustees of the cultural plan. And because they have different, um, you know, hats that they wear in the community, they really have a, a good, they're a good touchstone to understanding what's happening in the different pockets of our community and different populations within our community. Mm. So we rely on them pretty heavily to, to sort of uh, help us be where we can't be all the time and be our tentacles into the community, as I like to call it. And so with their help, we're really able to, I think, be... Um, uh, both proactive where we can and appropriately reactive where mm-hmm. we need to be and, um, and really learn from the, our commissioners in ensuring that, um, what we're doing, uh, again, m- makes sense and, uh, and that, um, is authentic to mm-hmm. the people of Denver. I want to go with what has taken place since 2014, particularly the events that took place just a couple months ago in, in November and, and uh, the step forward as we look at 2018. But perhaps uh, before we go into the present and the future on the uh, Imagine 2020, um, can you talk just a little bit about how important uh, the arts uh, is to any community. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something that should just kind of 
be stuck off to a side with a few uh, excited people to attend on a Friday night. Uh, It really should be impactful to the culture. Well, we think so, and we hope so, and that's what we strive to do at Arts and Venues and the in the programs that we support or offer. Um, what I would say is that, you know, it, it's so fascinating. In fact, I was just in Santa Fe over over the um, on Friday, and I had a chance to go for a run in the morning. And you know, there is a community that's so you know steeped in in arts and culture, and and part of that is the history and the the heritage of that place. Um, but you sort of can't go anywhere without running into something that's sort of beautiful and delightful and and that sort of thing. And I think that's, in my mind, um, what arts and culture should be, is sort of embedded within the community. And um, there's a gentleman named Bill Strickland, and he says, beauty is a civil right. And I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Mm. In our, maybe he said it's beauty is a, hu- is a human right. Mm. Um, and I think for me, uh, Ginger, uh, not city employee, that's what I think gets me up in the morning mm-hmm. is this idea of how do we make sure that, um, in the course of, uh, you know, Denver, you know, of Denverites day to day, that they're having a chance to really, um, you know, be surprised mm-hmm. or delighted or have a moment of reflection or, um, have a moment with their family to, to sort of step outside of their everyday and have, um, even just a moment of an extraordinary experience. And I think arts and culture really, um, offers that just like the beautiful vista, yeah. you know, can or a beautiful sunset, um, the same, the same sort of thing and really bring us together as a community or give us that moment of pause that I think, um, sometimes we all need as people. Yeah, I I totally agree. And as you were saying that, I couldn't help but think of the beauty of Colorado. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and, it's hand in glove. Yeah, it? yeah. So uh, so using the word beauty as overarching arts and and everything that comes with that, and then the the vista of uh, as you say mm-hmm. where we where we live. Obviously, uh, we should be um, uh, uh, focusing on. All of the aspects of that beauty. I hope so. Yeah. yeah and I hope our cultural plan really um, helps to uh, further inform that and advance that kind of notion. I'm speaking with Ginger White Brunetti, who is the deputy director of the Denver Arts and uh, Venues. And we're talking about Imagine 2020, which was Denver's cultural plan uh, and is Denver's cultural plan. Uh, focusing uh, from the, its inception in 2014, looking ahead now that we're, uh, we're on the transition from 2017 to 2018 uh, to imagining things for 2020. Um, you, so you, this plan was created in 2014 by going to people involved in the arts and the community. Right. Um, and... Uh, one of the things that really struck me is it's in, in and not just looking at Denver total. Mm-hmm. You're looking at neighborhoods within Denver too. Tell us about that. Well, absolutely. I think what Den- what makes Denver unique in, in a lot of respects is its neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and um, and how do you sort of celebrate those um, those neighborhoods? Whether it's a pocket park or a boulevard or um, you know a, a great. Um, uh, Main Street, if you will. And so uh, some of our programs really try to uh, 
encourage people to um, celebrate what's unique in their community. So, for instance, one of the programs that we created was is called PS You Are Here or Public Spaces You Are Here. And it's a grant program um, that allows for creative placemaking in different neighborhoods at the neighborhood level. So if you want to put something in your public right-of-way, which is just a fancy term for your street <laughs> or your sidewalk um, or a, a public park, a neighborhood park, um, these are ways in which to infuse arts into daily life, give people an opportunity for surprise and delight, as I like to call it, and um, and really uh, have something uh, meaningful, you know, for that neighborhood. So that's a good example of how we've tried to uh, incentivize that within the community. And the other thing that I that I saw was that you uh, awarded uh, each city council person twenty. Twenty two thousand and twenty dollars. We did to uh, to deal with their arts and their particular districts. Yeah, that was so much fun, and yeah. I think our council members had a great time with it as well. So, um, so Tom, what we did um, really to celebrate the halfway point of Imagine Twenty Twenty um, is we gave every council member two thousand and twenty dollars to infuse arts, culture, and creativity during Denver Arts Week, which was the uh, I think first second week of November. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was great to see what our council members did. Um, uh, Councilman Gilmore uh, did um, uh, murals along um, in Montbello um, along a ravine that was uh, just sort of the cement ravine mm-hmm. that divided her community. And so she had a couple artists come and with the, about 150 volunteers for two days painted a mural, which was really exciting. Uh, Councilman Clark has um, had about a, a dozen ferry doors installed along um South Pearl Street. And so you can, you can have a little scavenger hunt. And my son did this, in fact, and, um, looked for the ferry doors, you know, around, um, around, uh, South Pearl Street. Um, we had, uh, Councilman Flynn do a Zumba class in one of the rec centers. Um, so it was just really fun to see how our council members, um, got into the project, how they realized an, an arts or cultural, um, activity in their community and spent their $2,020. And, um, as I said, it was for the halfway point of Imagine 2020, but um, we've had several council members who've come back to us and said, you're going to do this again, right? <laughs> so um, so I think we will. We're, we're uh, going to, you know, scrounge our dollars mm-hmm. and, and find those funds again because it was so successful. Oh, my. Looking at, again, uh, well, where are you heading? Let's, let's look sure. at that. Where are you heading? What, what is the target at 2020? Well, it's a really good question. And I think um, one of the things that we did back in November that you mentioned is um, we... Well, I should say back in 2014, when we developed the cultural plan, one of the things we did was we did a statistically valid phone survey of 803 Denver residents asking them, um, what are motivations and barriers of cultural participation for you? And we oversampled for um, uh, communities of color so that we could also understand what are those differences within some of our segments of our community. We did that survey again just recently and announced those results in 2017. And I'm pleased to say many of the things that we, um, you know, hoped to improve, we have improved and, um, or we've stayed the same, which is just as good because mm-hmm. quite frankly, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we don't have a, broken cultural scene, if you will. In fact, we have a very vibrant cultural scene, which is one of the challenges is how do you take it from 
this great place that already is mm-hmm. and, you know, take it up a notch. Yeah. Um, but po- some of the areas that we still are challenged with in, in Denver and not unlike a lot of other cities is ensuring that, um, those cultural experiences that that people from all across our community in various segments of our population, whether it's socioeconomics or communities of color, are are enjoying um, the full breadth of the offerings that we have. And um, and so that's one of the things that we heard from our community when we did the survey the second time is we still that is still a challenge that mm-hmm. exists. And of course, we didn't think that was going to go away. Uh-huh in a three-year period. Um, but in some cases, we're losing ground. And that's concerning um, because I think a lot of organizations and institutions and even the city of Denver are doubling down on those efforts of trying to make sure that everyone in our community knows what's happening, feels welcome when they come, are doing special programs to um, to try to bring different members of our community through the doors of our cultural institutions. And somehow that's not resonating. Mm-hmm. Somehow that's not... Um, Working, and so we need to sort of rethink what those efforts have been, and maybe what are we not doing quite right? Hmm. And so that reflects the ongoing nature of your sticking with the community and assessing, and uh, and and really uh, mining, if you will, uh, the ideas of people in the communities that you're. That you're wanting to serve, and again, not just sitting in an ivory tower, doing your planning. That's absolutely right. And in fact, one of the things that we've we've done over the years, and we're going to continue um, redoubling redoubling that effort, is working with city council. You know, they know their communities best. They know their neighborhood champions the best. And um, with the help of our Denver Commission on Cultural Affairs that I mentioned, uh, we pair them with city council members. And so when we have a grant program that's available, we have an awards program that's available, um, you know, those kinds of, of opportunities, we really rely on our commissioners to work with our council members in part to ensure those different segments of, of Denver's community um, are aware of those opportunities. And so, um, and also in the same way, having conversations with the community, mm-hmm. um, to your point, so that it's not just, we're not just sort of in this echo chamber. Now, Denver is a big metro area. It is. Uh, you are part of Denver City go- government, mm-hmm. but there are a whole lot of other city governments surrounding Denver. And also, uh, you know, you have, you have Denver sort of meanders in other, in other city areas, I right. guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some places where it's hard to tell where Lakewood begins and Denver stops and, and all of that. Uh, what kind of, uh, of interaction, if any, to, uh, the arts communities in other cities where the whole metro area is, uh, is affected? Well, it's, it's a great question. And, and even when we developed our cultural plan, uh, back in 2014, the question was, well, why stop at Denver's borders? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being, somebody from the city and county of Denver, it was hard for me to say, well, I, I don't know that I'm invited to go into Aurora and tell them what to do. Uh, but that being said, uh, it's a good question because, you know, people, you know, don't say, oh, that was an Aurora mm-hmm. cultural event. Now I'm going to a Denver cultural event. Yeah. Uh, 
that being said, so the, so one of the things that I think, you know, I feel very fortunate is that I've got great colleagues in other parts of the metro area. Uh-huh. So the city of Boulder has a cultural plan they just recently um, released about, about six months after Denver's, I should say. And then City of Aurora, a great um, relationship with the gentleman there who's uh, relatively new to Aurora and, to, frankly, to, to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's learning the community, and, and we're telling him what we know. Uh, and um, so we have great reciprocity there as well. Um, so I think what's what's great about Denver as a metro area is because of the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, which is that seven-county metro district, um, we're sort of linked arm in arm already. Mm-hmm. And so we have those relationships um, through that that we're able to leverage and to learn from. And um, and someday maybe there will be a, a regional cultural plan mm-hmm. um, because of that. Uh, final question. Um, what should we look for next? Well, it's a great question, Tom, because I think, uh, again, we, we're trying to figure out, you know, and be nimble. Uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of that we've done with the cultural plan, um, again, to make sure it doesn't sit on a shelf, is we've had um, 21 Imagine 2020 speaker series. These are events that we have um usually at the McNichols building in Civic Center Park. And we invite people from uh, uh, around the country to come and give presentations on best practices that they're doing for things like um, arts accessibility or how to attract millennials or how to get that very hard teen and tween to come and, you know, come to your art museum. And so... You know, I have the the privilege to be able to go to conferences and hear speakers from across the country. Uh, not everyone in our community can afford to go to those same conferences. So what we try to do is bring them to Denver so we can share some of those knowledges, some of those ideas and practices with our local community with the idea that this helps us all advance Imagine 2020. All of those things like how to amplify arts and culture in our city, how to create greater accessibility, how to improve lifelong learning through the arts. So um, so how can we take some of those things um, that we learn in other places and bring them here to Denver? Uh, so that's, that's something that we're going to continue to do. Um, the other thing that we're going to, that we've done and that we'll continue to do, and I think Part of it is just more in an intentional way is um, thinking about how our grant programs support those parts of the city that don't often get um, that sometimes get overlooked. Hmm. And so ensuring that um, people are seeing arts, culture and creativity in places that they they may not usually get a chance to see it, whether it's through their park or their rec rec center or another community hub that I don't even know of. It could be the coffee shop. Hmm. Um, and so those are ways in which we continue to try to ensure that um, we are um, spreading Imagine 2020 equitably across our city. I sure appreciate your being with us. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for having us, having Gin- me. Ginger White Brunetti from uh, the Denver Arts and Venues Deputy Director. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I'm Tom Muller, and this has been Colorado Issues.